Hello and welcome to Season 2 of the Soft Coaching Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott. And I'm your other host, Mark. In each episode, Mark and I will discuss the key topics that impact on football coaching in the foundation and youth development phases. We will share our thoughts, ideas and experiences and whenever possible include guests so we can get their insights and opinions too. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, Mark, how are you doing? Yeah, very good. How's things? You're not too bad at all. Busy morning of, of uh, World Cup rugby and of futsal today for us. Well, and training. I was at training. Oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> You've training. been out in the rain. Yeah. Rain and wind. I was in the warm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So rugby, football training, futsal. Sports day and a podcast and to a finish podcast off the afternoon. Finish. With. Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah. Well, we're going to have yeah. to be quick so we push for time on this one, aren't we? A we, are, bit. we are indeed, yeah. But we had a key topic we wanted to cover, right? Yep. I think we've spoken about this quite a lot in different episodes as part of other things, but we thought we'd give it some time just to maybe explain how we see this, yep. um, where we value it and maybe how we deal with it. Right, so the key topic is that of rotation, especially, I guess, in the foundation and youth development phases. So for the younger players, essentially. Yeah. And when we say rotation, we mean rot- position rotation. Well, that's the question, I think, to start off. Go on. You, you, for you, what does rotation mean? I think it means two things. So I think one um, is positional rotation. So um, if we think about the under eights age group, um, they play five-a-side football. They that we have you could have back players, forward players, and a goalkeeper. That's I guess the general setup. Just to, just to elaborate, um, so we don't call our back. We don't call them defenders. Yeah, we call them back players. Just I know it sounds like semantics, but the reason we do that is we believe that when we haven't got the ball, everyone's a defender. Yeah, we've got the ball, everyone's an attacker. So we kind of just change the terminology. So we we have goalkeeper, back and front players. Yeah, sorry, Mark, just to make it clear. Yeah, spot on. Yeah. So it means that you rotate your players around all the positions, be it a back, a forward, or a goalkeeper, and left and right, and left and right, exactly, and left and right, um, and they get to experience playing all these different um, positions. So sometimes you'll be playing with the uh, game in front of you if you're at the back and if you're a forward you, you're kind of sometimes you have your back to goal I guess less so at, at under eights but you still have it some, from time to time um, and then obviously if you're a goalkeeper that's a, a completely different <laughs> kettle of fish yeah um, which I think we can probably talk about you've got your back to goal you know you're in trouble <laughs> you're in trouble yeah you're <laughs> facing the, the wrong team. way <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> which just happened <laughs> yes but I think the other so that's the first f- so part for me yeah. is position, positional rotation I think the second thing for me is equal game time and I think that I know it maybe doesn't quite fit into the rotational piece, but I think it's an important part of yeah. rotating positions and long-term development is that you give equal game time to all of your players, regardless of their ability. So you may have you may have a, a boy who's the best player on the team, right? The star of the team, but he doesn't get more game time than someone who may be on the other end of the spectrum is is not as strong, not as confident. Um, however, if they're both working as hard as each other, then they have equal game time. Yep. That's my kind of thought process for rotation. Yep. Okay. I totally agree. So I think if you're looking or talking about the foundation phase, I guess the theory of rotation is the fact you're giving the players an opportunity to practice different positions at different times. Yes. Essentially. Okay. Yep. And there's different ways in which you can approach that, right? Yep. All right. So we can look at maybe why we think it's important yep. and we can look at different ways in which you can go about doing rotation because not one way of doing it there's different ways right yeah well what do you think rotation is important in what why bother doing this i would say for us probably being relatively generous but i would say it's probably half the teams we play against seem to have a relatively fair rotation system like mm. we do mm. and half don't 
Yeah. By that, I mean, there'll be teams that have uh, a goalkeeper who will play in goal the whole game. Yes. There'll be players that will play probably in their stronger positions for most, if not all, the game. And there'll be stronger players that will play more of the game than maybe other players. That's what I my perception has been from watching some of the teams we played against. I'd say half yeah. and half. Yeah. There's other teams which you can see they have different keepers every quarter. Yeah. You, know, you can see it's pretty equal in playing time. You know, the stronger players not been on the whole game kind of thing. So yep. you can see that. Now, just to be thought, this isn't me judging. I'm honestly not judging it. I'm not saying one approach is necessarily the right one and one's the wrong one, but that's what we see. Philosophically, our approach is more along the rotation yep. and to give the equal playing time in different positions. And I guess the reason is why would we do that? Yeah. Or not the reason, you know, what, what's the rationale for doing that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually think you, there may be three examples that, of, of teams that we play. I think one is a team that's like us. Everyone plays all different positions, including goalkeeper. I think secondly, you play teams who have a p- permanent goalkeeper. And actually half the time they seem the goalkeeper is very good with their hands and, and their positioning in goal less so with their feet but that's a different matter but then the players on the pitch rotate around and then the third is where they've got a fixed goalkeeper and everyone generally has got fixed positions playing so I think their strengths playing right? to their yeah. strengths yeah so I think you see a mixture there and I think almost the middle one with a goalkeeper a fixed goalkeeper and mixed and rotating positions is like a hybrid I think between what we have and then what um, some of the teams we played where they, they play to their strengths and it's winning at all costs kind of approach. Yeah. And actually, I think we, we should talk about that that um, second option where we have a fixed goalkeeper uh, and rotating positions maybe a bit later because I think there are some, perhaps some benefits to that. We don't necessarily agree with it, but I think there are some kind of benefits to that. Um, but I think the key, the key thing for me is that you're giving the players in the foundation phase you don't know where they're going to end up playing, right? You don't know whether they're going to end up being a defender when they become an adult. You don't know whether they'll be an attacker. You don't know whether they end up being a go- even a goalkeeper. You don't know where they're going to play um, at this age. So I think you're giving them the experience of playing all different positions, which can only benefit their longer-term development. And I think, secondly, you're giving them an opportunity to have fun as well, right? If you just If you just had one player who plays at the back all the time, or a defender doesn't get a chance to score, have shots, doesn't go up for corners, doesn't get a chance to score goals. Where's the fun for them, right? Where, and all their friends are kind of scoring goals. Where's the fun for them? I think that's that's the key thing. And ultimately, we're trying to develop players. We're trying to develop people and players at football. But also, we want them to have fun because we want them to come back each week wanting to play football. And we want them to be playing football when they become adults. What's your thoughts? Is that anything I've kind of missed in terms of the benefits of rotating? Definitely the key points, 100%. I do think there's some other aspects. Yeah. I think psychologically it's good for the players to have different pressures, different situations. Yeah. So however much results don't matter to the coaches... Yeah. Or shouldn't matter to the coaches one bit. I'm talking about under eights football here as an example, and yeah. or, you know anything really in the youth development or foundation phase. Results yeah. should matter to the coaches. They do to the players usually in the moment, which is absolutely fine. I've got no issue with that. So if players want to win in the moment. They should. They obviously don't, they shouldn't care too much. Thirty seconds after the whistle's gone, but yeah. in the moment they do, and that's absolutely fine. We would certainly nurture that competitive desire and want to compete. Football is an invasion game, and it's competitive. 
even non-competitive football is competitive so yeah. but i think you know he needs the psychological pressure and actually there comes a pressure playing in goalkeeper at back you know because mistakes tend to get punished with goals to the other team and watching the players deal with that when they're seven eight nine years old is a good thing it's a good lesson for them where if they just play up front and they can miss a few shots and grab a few goals and that you know the mistakes aren't really punished in any way there i just think you, you miss out on that challenge mm-hmm. i also think that and i, I mean it, it's it's crazy how many times I hear this. You hear players and you hear dads telling you that their kid's a natural goalkeeper, a natural mm. defender, a natural mm. goal scorer, a natural mm. winger, a natural midfielder, you know, when they're seven years old. Yeah. Now, let's for say argument say that they're right and they've yeah. got this because when they've got it right, if if they are a natural defender, surely it's a massive benefit to them if they know how an attacker plays thinks yep. feels moves the ball and stuff so if they get an opportunity to play in that position a few times or lots of times when they're seven eight nine years old if at 16 17 18 19 20 21 their position is a defensive position they'll be better for that experience of knowing how an attacker thinks and feels the same way as if you're a goalkeeper i think the best place for a natural goalkeeper to play is up front because you can then think like an attacker yeah. I, I just don't see that it doesn't have benefits even if you're going to take the mindset that you know, I know where my kid's going to play or I know where the player or coach is going to play when they become an adult. Yeah. But the reality is, and you've only got to look at the professional game, and I don't think it's right to make too many comparisons between youth development football and foundation football with the professional game. But if there's one you want to make, how many players are there that played in different positions through their younger stages of their football compared to where they play professionally now? It's it's not a minority. There's loads. Yeah. Because actually, until they go through puberty and you know how tall they're going to be, how quick they're going to be, how physically big they're going to be, how they use their body and stuff like that, you've got no idea how they're going to play. Yeah. You really haven't. And I'm quite passionate about this. I'm going to try and rein myself back in a little bit. I'll save my <laughs> rant for later. But it does seem ludicrous that we think as coaches, with whatever badge we may or may not have, suddenly we've got a crystal ball to these kids' futures about where they're going to grow physically. Because that will probably be the biggest determinant to what they end up playing. So back to your point about the goalkeeper thing, I'm going to get on one straight away now, but the most extreme <laughs> example here is, you know, you're telling me, and I've seen this, you put a kid in goal from under sevens, yeah, who plays in goal, maybe 70, 80, 90, sometimes a hundred percent of their football time their yeah. out there their match playing time is in goal from under sevens on and that kid doesn't grow to be over six foot tall okay let's get let's say he goes to be five foot ten maybe which yeah. is you know still an average height i guess maybe yeah. slightly below average in these days but you know, they're unlikely to play top flight football you know now they may have had cracking feet and it could have been a great outfield play but you will never know because yeah. we put them in goal why because it suited us to try and win games and i and i'll hear the argument being oh no but Little Tommy loves playing in goal. He's a natural goalkeeper. He only wants to play in goal. Yeah. Well, my kid only wants to eat chocolate and pizza and fajitas, but yeah. I don't let him do that because I know it's not good for them. So yeah. I throw a carrot every now and then in the plate. Do you know what I mean? And some other things because I know what's right for the kid. Yeah. And as the grown adult in the room here, even if the parents don't get it and the players might not get it, we have an obligation to do what's right for their long-term development. And the goalkeeper one could be a bit of an extreme example, but I've seen it done with defensive players and I've seen it done with four players as well. And I think, and I've only ever seen it be detrimental to those players' development over the longer term. I'm talking maybe two, three, four seasons. Yeah. Literally, the players that get pigeonholed into one position end up being the, the least impactful players in that team as that team evolves. Yeah. The one place I'd give you a bit of leeway on it is when players play a lot in midfield. Yeah. 
And the reason that happens is because they're playing over in midfield. They're playing defensive attack in that one position. So yeah. they get a chance to practice yeah. everything. I've gone off on one there a little bit, but it's, it's, I've, got, I've gone into the way you should do it rather than the way you should do it. But it just, it does my head in. And I just think, you know what, we have an obligation, you know, and however much me way, you know, we might want to win these games, as ridiculous as that may be for an under eights team. I just think if you're doing it at the expense of rotating your players around, then you know what? I kind of feel like I've already won against you, or yeah, my yeah. players have already. Even if you don't win the game. Even if you don't win the game, 100%, yeah, yeah. Yeah. because I, I've got no issues with going out. I, if I go out there and don't rotate my players around, I'll be honest with you, I'd better win that game. Otherwise, yeah. what is the point? Yeah. You know? And now, I don't want to do that because I don't believe in the result, but you better win that game because you're just literally, there's no other point in playing that game. I don't get it what you're doing for development-wise. Yeah. Now, what you could say as an argument is, well, We'll play fixed positions week by week by week. So I might only see these teams and actually the next week we play them, they may yeah. well rotate around. And that would be a fair argument back and I would yep. stand corrected. I don't get the impression from the teams I've played against that yeah. that is the way things are. So yep. with the goalkeeper, because actually these goalkeepers are very, very good yeah, are good, um, yeah. that we've yeah. seen. Yeah. Um, and credit to them. But I, I don't believe that is the common practice. I think it seems to be more that play, teams either do rotate around, either because they have to, because they haven't got a keeper, or haven't, you know, they're just still finding their feet and where position, the, the teams are the strongest positions, yeah. or they have an approach like we do where we think it's in the player's best interest. Um, but you're right about mentioning fun is the main reason, because it's more fun to try different challenges. But I also think psychologically, it puts the boys in different places on the pitch. Physically, it challenges them. Physical literacy skills are completely different to playing offensively as playing defensively or in goal. Uh, game understanding. Uh, positional awareness playing as a right-sided forward player on the left-hand side as attack or playing as a left-sided player on the right-hand side is completely different how you might play the game even at under sixes under sevens it is the way yep. you move the ball and where you cut where the space is playing at the back is much more challenging playing with the, on your weaker side yep. if you're a defensive player in the back it's a great challenge for players to have to play out from trouble cutting back into the towards your goal on your on your um on your stronger side maybe there's just so many more benefits to having a better feel for the game if you rotate round and you can that's what the foundation phase is for yeah well, i think you've you've ticked every box Jeez. on the uh, four corner model there <laughs> <laughs> psychological social physical and the tactical technical did corner. i do that and you, that, well, you covered I, all like, of them i am not i'm not preaching for the fa approach i just think this does fit in with that pretty i mean if, i guess if there's one thing that's going to marry up with the four corner model from the fa it's going to be rotation i, I think the, the other point. thing and just coming back to the point on um on the goalkeeper having a permanent goalkeeper and again i i don't want to necessarily compare under foundation phase football with adult football or the premier league but you look in the premier league these goalkeepers can play football Right, the goalkeepers nowadays can play football. It's not like the old days where they're just there to catch the ball and kick the ball and save the ball, and they they're there to be a, an extra defender or an extra player on the pitch almost. Um, so I think if you've only got a goal, if you're only playing this boy or girl in goal, I think that you're almost hindering them a little bit for their longer term future anyway, because you're not allowing them to be playing with their feet enough. And and maybe you use the goalkeeper and in your in the way you play. That's fine, but I still don't think they're getting enough of of the ball because it's certainly if you're playing this goalkeeper permanently in goal in matches, it's almost certainly in training, they're in goal in training, and maybe they're on their own training with another coach at catching the ball and I all this kind of stuff. Happen, yeah. So I, I think that football's changed so much that I think I, th I think that longer term these players need to, need to be playing different positions. And the other thing the other thing is that. You you think of some of the best defenders in the world now, they play football, right? You look at Robertson at Liverpool, 
you look at um, Trent Arnold at, at, Liverpool, at Liverpool, the right back. They play football. They're attacking players. They're defenders, but they're attacking players like Cole Walker. And I think that, again, if you're just playing someone at the back and you just say, right, all you're here to do is just, just defend that that box, that line that, that in the foundation phase, then you're not doing them justice and you're not going to help them develop in, in the future. And I'm not saying that all the boys are going to get to play in the Premier League by any stretch of the imagination. But, but it's all relative, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't it is, really yeah. matter where, how far they go to. It's the fact exactly. that they're to play football, right? Exactly. And yeah. I wonder how many of those players, even the ones you mentioned there, and I don't know those two particularly, although I've got a feeling that with Trent Alexander-Arnold, yeah. I've got a feeling he may have been more offensive player when he was developing and working yeah. in the academy. I could be yeah. wrong, but certainly Ashley Cole was. Ashley Cole yeah. was a left winger, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and drop back. So I think there's no coincidence that some of these really cracking defenders that are good on the ball probably spent a lot more time playing more offensively in their youth yeah. development time to get them good on the ball yeah. and, and if, if as grassroots foundation phase coaches we don't recognise that and we just play our players to their strengths and those defensive players just play at the back and are basically just blockers and stoppers and just clearers yeah. they're never going to get opportunities to play that so the game's going to go past them and that's the game now let alone the future game which I think you're talking about and how yeah. things have changed and I'm not sure I'm, 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 there probably is some wonderful English goalkeepers out there that are brilliant at goalkeeping, shot stopping, catching corners, communicating, you know, making good decisions and playing with their feet. But I haven't seen that many. Mm. I haven't mm. seen, I don't know who's coming through it. And it does seem to be there's a premium value on those keepers, that yeah. are more the foreign keepers that have come from probably more Latino countries that actually play a lot of Fanino, futsal, yeah. football, you know, small-sided game stuff that are really good with their feet as well. Yeah. And we, we've got an obligation. You might have the... I mean, we've played against the lad who was a cracking goalkeeper recently against yeah, Mathis. He was excellent. Yeah. To be fair, even his distribution was really, really yeah. good. Yeah. But you think, you know, what's the game going to look like for... If he grows up to be six foot six tall and keeps his, his ability to play and go, I mean, I'm not a scout, I've got no idea, but, it, you know, he, he could potentially be a cracking goalkeeper maybe at the highest level. Yeah. But we don't know what the game's going to look like in 10 years' time, do we? Yeah. You know, so he's seven now. So in, in 10 or even maybe in 20 years' time, because he'll still be playing when he's 27 years old if he's a goalkeeper, for sure. You know, maybe we get just get into his prime at that age. What's the game going to look like in 20 years' time? Surely part of that's going to involve, you know, giving, having the ball at his feet. Because yeah. it does more now than it did five years ago and 10 years ago. And you can't really see it going backwards. It's only yeah. going to probably be more so. And we have an obligation to try and prepare them the best we can. Yeah. So the question is, why don't people, you know, why are people choosing to take a player at eight years old and play them in one position for the majority of their time? Mark? I don't know the answer to that question, <laughs> to be honest. No. It's strange, I, it? it is strange to us because I think that's the, that's the way we think about it. And, and it makes sense to us. Um, I think it's more work. And I think that could be one of the reasons. I think it's more work when you're rotating positions. Um, you have to think about, like you go with a plan right before the game. I know that this boy is has, has, has played in goal last week. He doesn't need to play in goal this week. Yeah. So I need to think about positioning yeah. where, where he can play. But I so think you have to do plan. I, think well, do plan. I don't know. I don't see many coaches with a plan as detailed as you, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> not sure it's good or bad but anyway yeah, I don't see that was planned out right yeah, yeah. yeah okay. but I was the same I, I, I yeah, had a, you're I had right. a plan yeah, yeah. and, and um, I think it's more work that's one thing I would say I think also it's the fact that a lot of coaches are result orientated coaches win, winning at all costs or maybe not even quite winning at all costs but they want the players to go out there and they want them they want it to be a close game 
that there's maybe pressure from the parents because they haven't set the expectations out from the beginning yeah. of how you get how they're going to play. Do you think the reality is coaches feel more obliged to play players to their strengths? Maybe. Is that it? And I'm, I'm trying to be fair in my judgment. I, I, and I'm sure we've got listeners out there that will probably do some of this stuff. And I, and I, I want to be fair. I don't think we often go on a particular... We try and be balanced in our comments on the podcast and we try not to wind people up by having too much opinions and keep just ourselves <laughs> as much as we can but this is one where i'm going to sell a bit close to the wind i think and yeah. i want to be fair though and i'm not even saying that i categorically think it's wrong to play players in positions when they're eight years old i do yeah you know, week in yeah. week out yeah. i understand in certain games actually it might be the right thing you want to stay competitive in your match you and i think that's fair enough and i yeah. think actually if you're playing yeah. against a real tough team this week and you're going to be a bit more tried and tested i think that's okay and i'm yeah, not yeah. knocking that yeah. i'm honestly yeah. not as long as you keep two equal game time, by the way, I still think that, that should be a given. Yeah. As long as that, long as every player is working, working the hard, efforts there, the efforts there, yeah. then I think that's a given. But I, I don't, I just don't believe that happens. I do believe there are quite a few coaches out there that will just play to players' strengths, and whether or not that's because they think they're doing the right thing, or is that the right thing, and actually encouraging the players to take on different challenges in games is the wrong thing. Is that the, yeah. is that why this is a problem, and we see it different, and, and are well, we wrong then? Well, I was I was listening to an, uh, another po- podcast recently, and there are some other good podcasts out there, by the way. Really? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was talking about coaches, and as a coach, do you want to develop your strengths even more to make them better? Yeah. Or do you want to make your... As a coach? Yeah. Or do you want to make your areas of development better? So they'll probably never get to your strengths. Yeah. Um, but you're going to get them a little bit higher or do you want to work on your strengths where you know you're really good yeah. and actually get that even better and it was a long debate around that actually um, and there were a couple of them had the, the, the two people on the podcast had different quite different views on it but again it maybe it comes back down to actually when you're coaching players so if you've got a boy that's very good very attack minded can go around players very easily one-on-ones very strong um, the kind of combat one-on-one he's very good at do you want to kind of complete, keep working on that, developing that, nurturing that by putting him in a position where he's going to get that as a forward player? I think you can do it as a back player, so it's not a great example. But as a forward player, do you want yeah. to do that? Or actually, do you want... And maybe they're not as good uh, defence uh, tackling or defending one-on-ones or something like that. Yeah. Or do you want to nurture that area to kind of get that a little bit better? So is it a question? That's a good a, a good comparison, and it's funny how many times Thanks. the players, the players and the coaches' kind of development is similar, isn't it? Yeah. What yeah. I would say here is, most coaches are probably grown ups, yeah. and adults, so yeah. we're at a different stage of our careers, and yeah. if you want to call it that, where, and and I think for players, there's a good point there, and I and I I remember reading a podcast a couple of years ago, and it was talking about actually players, more senior players, just play to the, play to their strengths, train yeah. their strengths. You know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not again, I'm not saying it's necessarily. I've not worked with you know elite adults but I could see the argument for that saying look they're at an age now just get them doing their strengths really well the the weaknesses you know we'll manage those but for honing on the strengths but I think uh, in the foundation phase and and the younger phases I don't think we really know what the strengths and weaknesses are going to be as they until they've at least gone through puberty so you don't necessarily know and just because a kid right now is pretty quick or got some ability or can defend well well that's now you know things can change You know, they can slow down, they can get faster, they can get bigger, stronger, you know, and that will affect how they kick a ball, receive a ball, they can practice some different things. Yeah. So I, I get it. I just think, and, and I'm not saying ignore their strengths, you know, to be fair, what we try and do with our little team is we try and make sure they play, you know, the, the ideal situation is they've got 10 minutes in goal, they'll get 10 minutes playing a position, which is probably their strongest position, 10 minutes yeah. playing one where they don't play, so they'll get 30 minutes a game. Yeah. Um, 
obviously we've got four goalkeepers so if they're not going in goal that week they'll get at least 25 minutes a game yeah. and usually it's 15 minutes in the strong position and 10 minutes in a different position yeah. that's kind of how it works out and we do yeah. that every single game and, and that's almost guaranteed I don't think I've deviated away from that hardly ever at all to be honest with you. that's kind of what happens and I'm, again I'm not saying this is the only way to do it because there's different ways in which you can rotate your players around and what I like about this is I, I like doing it because I think the boys are uh intelligent football players so I think in a game they've got a challenge from right I just played right back there now for the 10 minutes now I'm playing left forward yeah. so they, they've got to deal with that in that game against the same opposition because what I could say is right this week you're right back next week you're left forward yeah. next week you're goalkeeper and, and that's another way in which you could do rotation could do it, yeah. and I, yeah. I'm not saying yeah. you've got to look at the players that you've got um, I quite like doing it in the game because I think it challenges them more yeah. personally. I also think the way we set the team up, we spoke before in the 2-2 formation, is that they don't, even if you're right back, you can find yourself in the left wing position quite easily. Yeah, Certainly the right the, yeah. the right forward or midfield position. So the game does it for you a little bit anyway. And we encourage our keepers to play with the ball at their feet. So again, even if they're the goalkeeper and they made a save, as soon as they drop the ball, they're almost like a back player, right? Yeah. Playing out from the back, literally playing out with the, back with the ball at their feet. And I'm not saying this is the best way of doing it, but for me it just seems like okay there's lots of challenge there lots of opportunity you've got to lose your left foot your right foot I mean we played a game the other day and I think out of the goals we scored half of them came from the boys non-preferred foot mm. you know because they were playing mm. different side that they had to shoot from that way but that's come from them having the confidence to use their other foot because and also being in a position where they've had to use it because they're not always on the side of the pitch they want to be on necessarily yeah. to create those yeah. chances and and we, we're using those opportunities I just can't understand why 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 coaches wouldn't and if it's a case of okay well our players aren't good enough to rotate around and I mean that with all respect, you know, you know, little bit, he's, he just isn't, he's got no impact up front. Well, then I would argue he possibly is in the wrong team or playing at the wrong level. And I don't want little Billy to be thrown out of the club. I'm not saying that, but if you've got a tiered system in which you've got an A, B or a C team, then maybe he needs to go from the A to the B or the B to the C. He's better off being in a team where he can play at least two different positions every game and learn for those, in my opinion, and develop his ability of that than just having one position every week for one team, which he probably won't then develop as fully rounded as he potentially yeah. could do very good point and I, I think that I, I think one thing you should do actually is your your maybe your plan is share it on the um, on Twitter maybe you could change the name the boys names but I think people may be interested to see how you can lay it out and how they play yeah. different positions and I think it might give some of the coaches a bit of uh, food for thought on how to do it but um, I think you're I think you're right I think that maybe five aside that is quite a straightforward it's not straightforward but it's easier at five aside because you've got as you said back forward left right that, that's the idea of playing five aside, right? That's exactly. the idea of what they said play five aside because don't complicate 100%. it, you know. But you can still get some of the principles in there around the basic formations and yeah. principles of play, yeah. enough football. And if you do pigeon, I mean, sorry, Mark, I've cut you off yeah, here, yeah. but you are, I'll, I'll let you finish. But you're right. But the, the thing with five aside, the idea being that actually, if you have got coaches that are a bit fixed in the way they want to position the players, then really if you play five aside properly it doesn't matter because even if you're the back player or the goalkeeper if you're playing properly you're going to play different positions anyway you're going to get out and do different yeah, things but we know, but we know it doesn't happen if you're a back player you're staying on that, that oh, circle, I've seen right? and heard coaches say you stand on the white line yeah. the edge of the area yeah. you do not go past the halfway line yeah. I've seen players literally like the running into a wall to stop crossing the halfway line either yeah. a defend, uh, uh, four players coming back or back players going forward I mean literally yeah. so, you, so you're right that, that's why if you're not going to allow the five aside game to take its natural form and for that age group with some structure I, I don't believe in complete chaos just playing anyway. I don't think that helps necessarily either yeah. but if you're not going to if you're going to over structure it with the kind of rules for the players then you've got to rotate even more yeah. because yeah. if you're just a back player in that team that you, you've got to stand on the white line at the edge of the air and can't go past the halfway line oh my god you, what you're going to play football when you're 13 years old no yeah. way give me agree. something else to do sorry agree no I agree 100% I think that uh, when you get to 7 
seven aside, the, the rotation, you, you still you still do it and you should still do it. I think it gets a little bit harder because there's more positions as well, right? Maybe maybe you start to cluster positions to say, actually, the next couple of weeks, um, little Johnny's going to play left defender or left back player and then left midfield player and then maybe here play centre midfield player and our attacker, depending on the formation you've got, obviously. But I think then you have to start to... It's, it gets a bit more challenging in terms of playing all positions in the game. So maybe you start clustering how you do it. So um, and then yeah, we've, got, we've got three positions at the moment. We've really got yeah. goalkeeper back and front. You've got exactly. left and right, but you're right. So in a seven exactly. side, you could probably have at least probably four, if depending yeah. on how you do your formations. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I get that. And and I think the other thing, obviously, nine versus nine, it gets a bit more challenging because yep. it's you, it becomes more of a tactical game and things like that. But I think by that point, and and this is we and this is still nine v nine in the foundation phase. I think we should probably just touch on the the uh, youth development phase and when it becomes competitive football. Um, and I've, I've done in, in commas there competitive yeah, football. That's a good, yeah, deep side, um, yeah, competitive yeah. football. Okay. Um, so I think it, it gets harder then. But if you've done everything right in the lead up to that point, so if you've been rotating at five side at seven aside at nine aside you've got a, a bunch you've got a bunch of players for want of a better phrase that that can play these different positions right that can play yeah. that are comfortable on the ball on the left hand side and the right hand side um and and you're going to have some players that are, are, and you've got it now in the team that, that can very easily play left and right in fact it doesn't matter where you play them they play equally as strong on the left and equal on the right because they're too fitted and you've got players that are very one-sided and and they're mostly left-footed players and i was a left-footed player always <laughs> playing on the left i think left-footed players are very left left-sided um apart from Messi, you said that a few times but you th- but he's very left-footed only he? he is well. very left-footed yeah. but, he's, but he's good enough with it, it but he make plays either side right yeah <laughs> he can play anywhere um much more cultured left-footed players yeah. um so yeah by the way just the other point that i wanted to make i made a note of this right at the beginning of the conversation i'm gonna get back to it is the is the beauty of 3v3 at, at, in the foundation phase and and one of the reasons I think that younger age groups, under sevens, under eight, should be doing three v three, is because you, you don't they, they they attack. There's so much transition: attack, defend, attack, defend. You don't have goalkeepers; you have little goals. And I think that's just the beauty of three v three. There's a lot of people out there that talk about how great three v three is. For me, the great thing about three v three is that you you just attack and defending, attack and defending. You're not worrying about a, a, a goalkeeper. There's no it's it doesn't look like proper football so people don't keep scores don't get so excited about it there's so many goals that that, that parents lose count and I, that's the great thing of 3v3 for me is that this age group and i don't just think the foundation phase mark honestly i think you can play mm. with any age group yeah, it's football and if you want to see yeah. how good your players are put them on a 20 by 12 with two small bazooka yeah. goals over end and yeah. play 3v3 yeah so he's 100%. working hard who's good in the ball who can defend and attack there's no hiding in that yeah. situation yeah and and you know that shows a good indication where the players are and Definitely. you are right i do think it's best for footballing without goalkeepers i think it works really well but i'd tell you what 3v3 with goalkeepers is great as yeah. well small yeah. pitch Agreed. then you've yep. got the keepers involved yep. you know they can yep. drop and play a little bit as well and yep. they you know they can make the saves and they can then drop the ball and then they can play the balls out wide yeah small-sided games it really really helps is that the, is that what we used to call rush goalkeeper or fly goalkeeper i mean it wasn't the old days wasn't it? Back, back in <laughs> <laughs> it's coming back you see everything comes back eventually doesn't it, it does. but you're right but a couple of things there then we'll talk about training in a minute then and how, yes. this, can, how this can feed back into training yep. but before we do refining positions so you're right this whole thing about rotation I'm not saying you should rotate players forever Yeah. and I also recognise the fact that I think where we're different to academies we are trying to develop a team yeah. rather than individual players 
I think we've got an obligation to try and do a bit of both as a grassroots football coach. But I do think we're under a bit more obligation to think about the team as much as we are about the individual players. Where I think Academy, they just, and rightly so, they just, just be good individually and we'll work yep. on that. Yep. So yep. you've got a bit of that to, to, to balance off. So I, I get this. But you've got an obligation to try and give players different opportunities and different positions on the pitch. Yeah. So I think, but you can you can refine players, and the idea of having the stages and, and moving the format slightly bigger over a couple of years is the fact you do refine a little bit. Yeah. But if you if you've got a naturally defensive player, then don't just play him as centre back. Play him centre back, left wing back, central defensive midfield player maybe, and then the odd game in go and your game up front. You know, you could do different things. Yeah. Like he hasn't got one position still, even if you're going to nine aside or even eleven aside. And bear in mind that the nine aside transition, I think, happens at under under elevens. Under elevens yeah. is nine aside. Yeah. So they're still only ten years old. Yeah. It's too early to pigeonhole players. The yeah. important thing is they've not gone through puberty yet. Now I'm I'm not a scientist or biologist, but I. I pretty much know that that changes things for for yeah. kids, and until they've gone through that process, you don't you have no idea how big a player's going to be. Who's the who's the main United defender? The young lad that's the he's six foot four now, McTominay. Um, yeah, he's a yeah centre midfielder. Yeah, yeah. I, I, again, I, I'm pretty sure this is correct. I heard this, but I, I I think they struggled to keep him at the academy. I think for numbers because he was so small for so long, and then he kind of until so he was very very like, like quite late in his age, like probably late teens, I think. He didn't shut up and came back after Christmas, apparently, and was six wow. or four suddenly, you know? And yeah. and then he was fine. So it's the hope for you yet, Mark. Yeah, I've been waiting but, for uh, that much of my life, to be honest. <laughs> but I'm sure he's not the only one. And, and and I believe, again, Harry Kane, I think, was at Arsenal and got released because yeah. um, physically I didn't think he was quite capable. And yeah. then he went away, got bigger, got you know, toned up a little bit. And geez, look at that situation. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I just think, who are we as grassroots coaches yeah. before people need to make any choice about where these players can and can't play? And even though we can see right now in the moment where their strengths are, I get that. Yeah. We still have obligation to give them an opportunity to show their strengths, but also challenge them in different areas as well, as Agreed. much as you can, in game time, yeah. as well Agreed. as in training. Um, yeah, I heard another one actually recently. Um, Busquets, Barcelona. Oh, yeah. Used to be a forward for Barcelona B. Did he, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, he, and I think it was Guardiola that brought him back to play, be kind of defensive midfielder. Isn't it funny how most of these players end up going from four positions backwards rather mm. than back positions? Well, you don't hear too many yes, that actually played at the back and went forward. So yeah. I, what I reckon is those back players either made it and worked hard or what happened to them? They've gone. Yeah. Because those front players have come back and nicked their places. So yeah. where they've gone, they've gone because they can yeah. only play at the back. Yeah. So that's a good point. Very get on the point. ball and get forward. Yeah. Yeah. I still, th- I still want to, <laughs> I still want to, I think the point you made just before I said about talking about Biscuits was spot on. But I still just come back. I think the two um, real important things is one is the social corner in terms of having fun, in terms of scoring goals, right? You want all your players to score goals and enjoy scoring goals. You remember you were like even in school or even when you go for a kick around like, like on a Monday night on the Astro with, with your mates, you score a goal. You feel good about scoring that goal, right? And you want you want the players, all the boys and girls to have that feeling of scoring goals and 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 really and contributing to the team. Mark, they should be made to have a go at it. Well, yeah, I mean? like, exactly. And I do believe there are yeah. some players that aren't as bothered about that as much. That not, not many. There's certainly yeah. a minority, especially in the younger age groups. They will want to play yeah. on it. But there are some that aren't as fast as others. Yeah. But make them get up there. Yeah. Make them have a few shots. And Joe, they might get a bug for it. Yeah. And suddenly they might just pay a couple of shots and then that their, their, their attitude changes towards it. And, and the same way they want to score goals, a lot of those players that want to score the goals don't always want to do the work at the back sometimes. Well, make yeah. them because it's yeah. a team game and it's exactly. great for their resilience, their, their understanding the about um, I've jumped in again. That's, no, spot on, that's the other point. Resilience, <laughs> the psychological corner, that's the, the resilience. And even 
going in goal, right? You, you concede two or three goals. How do you react to that? How, exactly. How yeah. do you deal? One with goes it? for your legs. What are you going to do? Yeah, Brilliant exactly. learning. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you create the right environment as a coach, then the the, the players, yeah. however disappointed they might be in the moment, will deal with it and yeah. they'll learn and get better for it. And it, and it also um, it also makes the players realise that it's not the goalkeeper's fault. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because they're going to be in that position as well. Yep. So, so they, don't they all know the keeper's fault. Yep. Exactly. Well, I, I wonder, like I like to take like an under 10s or 11s team and then look at the players and say, okay, you've had these kids for maybe five or six years. How many of those players, how many corners have they taken over the last four or five years? How many penalties? Free how kicks. many free kicks? Yeah. You know, how, how many times have they been your captain? Yeah. How many times led a session? You've got to share this thing out, haven't you? You've got yeah. to say, okay, all these things are important. And if you just pigeonhole players, there'll be some players there that might not have even taken a corner ever. Yeah. Possibly, or yeah. certainly not for last three of us. Not taking a free kick. Not like what's going on there. Yeah, yeah. You know, how yeah. does that happen? Like yeah. they've not had the pleasure of just taking a corner or a set piece or something, or having a short corner or something. You've yeah. got an obligation to give these yeah. kids that exposure, yeah. haven't get you? Just involved. to get them yeah. involved. Yeah, exactly. Totally Because if you don't do it, then what you're saying is actually you can't do that. Yeah. It's like well, maybe I can. Give me the yeah. opportunity to practice. Maybe I can't do it yet, but if I get more chances, I'll get a bit better at it. And if I see the players who are good at it, well, then I've got something to work towards and aspire towards and work hard in the garden or at home or yeah. something else. About trying to get there but totally agree. it's just a missed opportunity otherwise yeah I agree and it comes back it also comes back to the fact that you're coaching that person you, you want to you're trying to help them develop from a football standpoint but you also want to develop them from a um, personal standpoint right and all of these different things from your social side to your psychological side and the physical side yeah right? because physically if you just stay if you're just playing at the back all the time then you're going to have different physical movements from someone who's playing in midfield who's twisting turning Running forward, running back, it's going to be you're going to have different movements, right? So Definitely. I think you you as a coach, you're there to help the players both as from a personal standpoint become better people and and make them ready ready for future, but also make them obviously help them develop football. Maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe it's the fact that actually it's about the future, not about the today. So. And again, from the coaches, and I'm not having digger coaches here, but I wonder if there are too many that think about the result as the priority for today rather than actually what the players can do maybe in 6, 12, 18 months or two years' time. Because yeah. I genuinely believe that you'll have a better team of players, more well-rounded, more capable, more resilient, more competitive, more understanding, more team-oriented if they've done different things for a period of time and you'll get the benefits yeah. of it, but you may lose a few games and concede a few goals in the short term. Yeah. I go with the plan. I always, because we rotate every quarter, you, I, I assume we're going to go down every quarter. I, I assume we're one nil down, which is fine. Yeah. I don't mind that, you know? Yeah. If we're two nil down, it's because they're even better than I thought. And yeah. if we score, because we've got to score two goals every quarter basically to get ourselves ahead of the game. And that's fine. That's yeah. what it's about. Because yeah. I don't mind. And, and also, I know there'll be mistakes made because yeah. we're trying to do different things each time, you know? It's totally the way agree. it is. And I think you want, I think I think it does come, it also does come back as well. I think you want the players to be competitive in, yeah. in matches. And I don't think that's an excuse for not rotating players and not giving equal game time at all. But, I think there are probably some times yep. where actually I think you kind of said it. You want to be a bit more tried and tried and tested. Yeah. And maybe it's a good game, haven't you? It's and maybe you change you you yeah. change the, in terms of how you rotate. You just rotate forward and back and goalkeeper. Yeah. You don't rotate left, left and right, and right. Yeah. because you, you or for that particular week. Yeah. But you still have your philosophy is equal game time, rotation positions, rotation aside. Yeah. But for a particular week where it's not going to necessarily work. Yeah, and likewise, if, if, if you're doing well in the game and you can rotate some more, well, then get the keeper out now then. Yeah. Let's do things more. Let's try them even further. You know, Let's exactly. try different things. Maybe exactly. get them to pick a formation they want to play or do yeah. different things. Yeah. Totally Mark, I know we're pushed for time. Just yes. two quick things. Is that yes. okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, just the importance of, I think, training here. Yeah. You know, now, 
I, I do think it's important as well in training to get all the players involved, in, including the goalkeepers. If you've got a fixed goalkeeper for your matches, yep. who am I to argue with you? But please get them involved in training. Yeah, what absolutely. would be my beg to everybody? Yep. Get them yep. on the because you might see something you might not have seen before. So get them playing with their feet and playing some football. Also, you can use training to rotate positions around and get boys yep. doing players to doing different things. So especially if you're doing small sided games, but even not rotate around there because again you might be surprised what you see. But what I would say is, and this is what I think can be a bit unfair, is if you are going to rotate players, you, you've not done it much previously, you can't expect a player to suddenly go and play a different position as good as the player that's played in that week in, week out yeah, is. You know, and start being critical of that player and say, well, I told you they couldn't play there. Or, yeah. you know, there's no chance that little Tommy can be a centre you know, up front because look at him. It's yeah. like, well, give him a chance first and not just 10 minutes in one game. He's going to have to practice a lot and get there because he might have the chances the other players have had to play that position lots of times. Yeah. So you've got to persevere over the longer term with it. And what I would ask is another begging thing to, to especially in England when we go to this competitive football under 12s, is it? It's under 12s, yeah. Under 12s. These are still 11-year-old kids. Now, the whole competitive thing is nonsense. It's completely nonsense. All games are competitive. There's no such, there's no sport that can't, it's, it's inherent in the sport. Okay, we had, this, we had this one of our previous podcasts, didn't yeah. we? It's in there. So it's not about competitive and non-competitive. They're all competitive. The question is how much you're going to focus on the result of the game. Yeah. I don't believe calling it competitive under 12 means that we've got the right as coaches to suddenly forget all about development and just focus on the result. Yep. And that gives us excuses then for not rotating players, for not giving equal playing time and f focusing on the results just because of the FA want to call this competitive under 12s now. Yeah. I think it's a nonsense. I think it's completely wrong. These are still kids learning their game. They haven't gone through puberty at, at, at 11s, most of these kids, especially the boys. Yeah. You know, you just got to think don't use it as an excuse to make bad decisions about the player's long-term development. You've still got three, four, five years left of these kids learning their football properly and getting there. And who knows where it's going to lead to once they've gone through all the things they need to go through to get where they need to go to. And there's a reason that most kids drop out of football under 13s. I think that's part of the problem. I yeah. think suddenly it gives a lot of coaches, even, even the best intended coaches, I think when that competitive thing kicks in and it must be so hard when you're playing against other teams that have this kind of win or cost approach because they're allowed to now in inverted commas because they've got this competitive word associated to it yeah. I'd beg coaches out there to see past the nonsense and do the right things by the players you know you may refine slightly I totally understand that I'm not saying play one everywhere but just think about what's going to be the benefit for these players over the next three or four years not the next three or four games yeah. and, and if you can tell me that not rotating around in some way shape or form is more beneficial please let me know because I need to hear that argument because I haven't yeah. heard it yet if you can tell me that not equal playing time is more beneficial then please let me know if you can take 11 year old kids to a game and only playing for 15 minutes please let me know what, what's right about that because I don't get it I, I'm okay. happy to listen and I'll have my mind changed I honestly will but yeah. I don't see it these are still kids it isn't adult football even at under 12s competitive inverted commas yeah, I totally agree I totally agree right and I think, that's, I think that's a great that's a great closing thought and the, look my the one thing I would say to that as well is that what changes you play nine aside at under 11s in April, May. You play nine aside at the start of the next season in September. So you've got kind of maybe three, four, five months difference. One goes from what's defined as non competitive to competitive, which just means that your results are published. That's the, there's no other difference apart yeah. from your results are published and coaches' mindsets change because they're given license to think it's competitive football. That's the football. danger. That and is that's the danger. The danger. But in reality, what actually changes? The boys, the, 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 most of them are the same age because they've, they've turned 11 already. So they're still, they're, they haven't yeah. got any older, right? No. Nope. Got four or five yep. months. But For most kids, nothing, nothing is it? No, right? it's a small percentage. And the other thing like. is, 
actually these kids at this age are then going to senior school so they're taking on a lot more yeah in in their life as well and things are changing for them and if they are going through those physical changes that's mental changes as well there's a lot exactly. going on there it's got to still be fun it shouldn't be a license for coaches just to say right now i've got an excuse to be able to reduce game time for players and, totally and also great. i think at that point if you've done the right things for the previous three or four years you're going to be fine yeah. you know but do it now if you've got an under six seven eight team then do it all now because you'll be laughing at that and, and yeah. don't worry about tomorrow's results don't worry about it it's nonsense it's an absolute joke and if you lose to a team because they're playing fixed positions take it on the chin absolutely fine keep doing it, right? the right thing by the players yeah. tell, by, by the team and the players for the longer term tell the parents what you're doing and the reasons behind it stick to your principles make sure you've got players that can impact in at least different positions on the pitch and if they can't then they're in the wrong team i'm sorry yep. you know then if, you, if you've got another team that's where they go so if they're not going to work with them persevere keep giving yep. the confidence you'll be much better for it the players have more better experience and you won't be scratching around trying to find players that are under 14s because you've lost them all because they're bored and had enough of playing football exactly 100%. Jesus was the most ranty one there I've ever are. done. They're getting there worse, my little rants, aren't they? <laughs> All right, thanks, Mark. Well, I know we pushed for time, but I hope that was useful. Please, guys, a bit more controversial, maybe. I don't know. If you think it is, please let us know. We are willing to be corrected on this stuff if we've got it wrong. If you have a different approach, please do share with us. You can reach us on Twitter at SoccerCoachCast. Email us, info at thesoccercoachingpodcast.com. And uh, we'll hopefully get another one out in a week or so. Yeah. Sound good? Yeah. All right. Have a good week, Mark. Thanks. Thank you. Bye.